0: What is it about Christmas that everybody loves so much? Why is it that people start decorating as soon as the temperature drops below 60? What is it, why do, why do we look so forward to the Christmas season? Well, it's fitting that Christmas occurs during the winter when it's far more dark, far more often. Life can be dark at times. Life can be difficult. The Christmas season is so special to so many people because it's a season of hope. That's why for this Christmas season, we're adopting that great phrase from that great Christmas song you just heard, O Holy Night, a thrill of hope. Because at Christmas, hope comes crashing in to the darkness, And that's what our text is about as we open up scripture. In the opening verses of Luke chapter two, Jesus has just been born. The event that immediately follows his birth in the city of Bethlehem is this one, just outside of the city in the fields. Luke chapter two, starting in verse eight. And in that same region, there were shepherds out in the field, And the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen as it had been told them. You ever been blindsided by something? That's certainly what happened to these shepherds sitting out in this field that night. I mean, imagine the scene. They are immersed in total darkness. There's no city lights, there's no street lights, there's no iPhone screens lighting up their faces. All they have is the light of the stars and the moon and likely a fire there to warm them on the chilly night. And in the midst of all of that darkness, light breaks through. And this first Christmas night is characterized, defined by a few things. First, it's characterized by what we could call unexpected revelation, when these men clocked in that night for their overnight shift in the fields, this was the last thing they expected to happen. They were shepherds. They had no business whatsoever expecting any message like this. Shepherds in the ancient world were considered the lowest class of people. In fact, the only people group in their entire society that was viewed lower than a shepherd were the lepers who had contagious deadly diseases. Just above them are shepherds. They were considered religiously unclean. Their job responsibilities had kept them away from the temple and all of the ritual cleansing that was expected of good religious people. Shepherding was an unwanted job. Shepherding was a dirty job. Therefore, shepherds were considered dirty unwanted people yet when God opens the heavens and bursts forth into the world he didn't do so to the emperor in Rome he didn't do so to the kings or to high society he came to the low he came to the dirty to the despised to the outcast which is quite fitting considering that's who Jesus came to save anyway verse 15, once the, once the angel choir has gone back into heaven and the sky darkens back up, they make their plan to head to Bethlehem to see this great thing. Notice how they phrase it. Let us go over to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has made known to us. So this incredible announcement of who Jesus is and what Jesus has come to do that wasn't imagined that wasn't fabricated, that wasn't dreamt. It was revealed to them. God himself reveals this to them. God stoops low. He stoops to the lowest to reveal the identity of his son. And this revelation was very personal. Verse 10, I bring you... Good news of great joy. Verse 11, for unto you is born this day. Verse 12, this will be a sign for you. So this good news of great joy was for them. It's the word for gospel, good news. The gospel is the good news of who Jesus is and what he's come to do. The gospel is for you. For you, the outcast. It's for you, the lowly. It's for you, the unimportant. It's for you, the seemingly invisible. It's for you who's filled with regret. It's for you who's overwhelmed by sorrow. It's for you who's overcome by pain. It's for you, the sinner. The thrill of hope isn't for the deserving, for the worthy, for the powerful. It's for you. Jesus wasn't born in the imperial palace in Rome. Jesus wasn't born in the temple in Jerusalem. He was born to a humble couple who lived in abject poverty, was placed in a food trough in a small town in the backwoods of nowhere. And the first, the very first ones on the earth who were told by God himself are low, dirty, despised shepherds. God is trying to tell you something. Jesus came for them. He came for you. This revelation was personal. This revelation was hopeful. This revelation from God provides for us the identity of Jesus. You know, the dependability of a message depends on the dependability of the messenger. This revelation comes directly from God. Heaven itself tells us who Jesus is. So again, not fabricated, not imagined, the doors of heaven opened up to let us know this is who he is, verse 10, he is a savior who is Christ the Lord. Three titles are given for Jesus here, and it's the only place in the entire Bible where all three titles are in the same place. Jesus is savior. Do you know what that implies? it implies that you need saving. Otherwise, he would have come as something else. He comes as a savior. Because of your sin, you stand before God condemned. God could write you off. God could dismiss you. God could judge you. God could pour out his wrath on you. Instead, he sends a savior for you. John chapter three, verse 16, for God so loved the world that he gave his only son that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have eternal life, verse 17. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but in order that the world might be saved through him. Jesus is savior. Jesus is Christ. He is Christ the Lord. Now remember, Christ is not Jesus' last name. It's his title. Christ is the Greek version of the Hebrew word Messiah. So Jesus is the promised one from the Old Testament. Jesus is the heel that will crush the serpent's head from Genesis 3. Jesus is the greater prophet that's promised by Moses in Deuteronomy 18. Jesus is the greater son of David who will rule on his throne forever from 2 Samuel 7. Jesus is the suffering servant who will take the punishment for our sins from Isaiah 53. Jesus is the eternal king over the eternal kingdom from Daniel chapter 7. Jesus is the Christ, the son of the living God, the one in whom we find salvation. And third, Jesus is Lord. That title in particular, Lord, is reserved throughout the entire Old Testament for one person alone. Only God gets that title. No one else gets it. In fact, we've already seen the shepherds use it to refer to God, chapter 2 verse 15, which the Lord has made known to us. Yet who is Jesus? He is Lord. Same word. So, not only is Jesus the savior, not only is Jesus the promised ruler, Jesus is God in the flesh. Matthew chapter 1 verse 23, quoting Isaiah chapter 7 verse 14 in the Old Testament, Therefore the Lord himself will give you a sign. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son and shall call his name Emmanuel, which means God with us. John chapter one, verse one, in the beginning was the word, the word was with God and the word was God, verse 14, and the word became flesh and dwelt among us and we have seen his glory. So God has shown up. And the shepherds are rightly, verse 9, filled with great fear. Great is the Greek word mega, and fear is the Greek word phobia. So they are filled with mega phobia. How could they not be? How could you not be? You're a sinner who's rebelled against the ruler of the universe, You're a sinner who's offended the holy God. You're a sinner who has violated the laws of the judge of all creation. And when sitting in the darkness and heaven's glory-filled light shines the spotlight on you, you would be filled with megaphobia too. But notice the angel's message, verse 10. Fear not. What a great phrase. Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy. So instead of being filled with mega fear, you can be filled with mega joy. Well, how is that possible? Because of this good news. Because of the gospel. Because of who Jesus is and what he has come to do. He is your savior. He forgives the sin. He cleanses the dirty. He declares lawbreakers to be righteous in God's eyes. Now, once the multitude of angels show up and join in this celebration, look at what they say, verse 14. Glory to God in the highest and on earth, peace among those with whom he is pleased. So the the work of Jesus brings peace with God to those with whom God is pleased. Scholars debate on how best to translate that last phrase, which is why if you're using other Bible translations, it it will likely translate that last phrase differently. Some will say, uh, peace on earth, on whom his favor rests. Here, the ESV that we use, with whom God is pleased. Pleased. They don't know quite what to do with that phrase, and it all comes down to how they translate one word. It's the Greek word eudikeo. Let's get nerdy for a minute. It'll be fun. It'll be a hoot. We'll, we'll all love it. The Greek word eudikeo. Eu, E-U, is a prefix that means good. So when you go to a funeral and someone gives a eulogy, it's eulogos. They say good Words about the person who has passed away. It's a Greek word. Eudikeo, so you eudikeo is a verb that means to think. So to think good things. So those who accept the saving work of Jesus have peace with God and God thinks good thoughts about them. Isn't that great? The famous Christian author A.W. Tozer in one of his more well-known books called The Knowledge of the Holy, he wrote this. He said, what comes into our minds when we think about God is the most important thing about us. So how you view God is the most important thing about you. But according to Luke 2.14, maybe what is most important about you is not what you think when you think about God. Maybe the most important thing about you is what God thinks when he thinks about you. And in Jesus Christ, for those who have placed their trust in this savior, when God thinks about you, he only thinks good thoughts. Now, all of that is certainly an unexpected Revelation. I mean, when those shepherds woke up that day, they could not have imagined that all this was true. Well, maybe when you woke up this morning, there was no way that you could have imagined that such great things are true. But they are. And how is it that they respond? Because they responded. You have to respond. You, you can't take good news like that and do nothing with it. You have to respond to it. You can't hear this thrill of hope and just sit there. Number two, we see their unrivaled response. They don't just sit there. They get moving. And between their response and how Mary responds when they get to her, we find out how we must respond to that good news first you ponder they didn't dismiss this incredible message they don't ignore the fact that the creator of the universe is lying in a manger a few miles away outside the city of Bethlehem God in the flesh is there they don't look at the the Christmas message with detached sentiment about how good the lights and the music make them feel That's the danger of what we do with Christmas. Oh, the music makes me feel so happy and the lights are so pretty. Well, good for you. There is far more to Christmas than that. They believe this message is true. They absorb it into their soul. God is the one who's revealed it, so they go on the hunt to find this Jesus, verse 16. And they went with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in a manger. So the truth and the trustworthiness of the message has just been confirmed. Exactly as God had told them is exactly how it was. It says they found Mary and Joseph. That's a really loose way of saying it. The word found implies investigation, searching. They didn't let the message sit. They searched. They knew they needed a savior, and they searched for him. Mary ponders, too. The shepherds get there and tell them what happened in the field. Verse 19, Mary treasured up all these things, pondering them in her heart. The word ponder implies intimate conversation. She's talking to her heart. She's in deep reflection. Like the shepherd, she didn't ignore the message. She didn't respond by saying, oh, how, how sweet, isn't that nice? Baby in a manger, that's cute. She pulled it into her heart, and she wrestled with it. Is this true? And if it is, what does that mean? What difference would that make? The arrival of Jesus on the earth cannot be ignored. It cannot be turned into sentiment. It has to be absorbed and produce action. They ponder. Secondly, they praise. Verse 20. And the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen as it had been told them. You know, once all this was finished, they have this incredible time. The angels show up, they hear this message of the, of the greatness of the gospel. They go and they see Jesus, they, they meet Mary and Joseph, they hang out for a while. When all of it's over, they don't go and get on a boat and travel around the world as a missionary, they don't go to the temple in Jerusalem and ask for some religious job. They go right back into the fields where they came from. They go right back to the job that they had. They go right back into the very same life. And in one sense, nothing at all has changed. But everything had changed. Because they had changed. Because when they go back into the field that night, they're no longer mere shepherds. They're worshipers. They have seen the goodness of Jesus, that he's come to save them. They believe God's revelation about Jesus and they embrace him as their savior. When when you see who Jesus is, when you see what he's done, the only right response is praise for the love that we've received for the forgiveness he's given, for the mercy that he offers, for the grace that now defines us, we deserve none of that. So we praise. Lastly, we proclaim. Verse 17, when they saw it, they made known the saying that had been told them concerning this child. So just as the Lord had made known to them the message of Jesus, they make known that same message to all who will hear. I mean, once you experience the wonderful, grace-filled, glorious encounter with a Savior who is Christ the Lord, the best response that you can have is to tell others about it. I mean, how in the world could these men have kept this experience to themselves? How could we You know, because of their low status in society, shepherds were not allowed to testify in a court of law. So isn't it just like God to so redeem such men that they are the first witnesses in the world to testify to the glory of Jesus, the one who came to save? When you experience the thrill of hope, And the soul felt its worth. A thrill of hope. The weary world rejoices. For yonder breaks a new and glorious morn. So fall on your knees. Oh, hear the angels' voices. Oh, night divine. Oh, night when Christ was born. Chains. Chains shall he break for the slave is our brother and in his name all oppression shall cease sweet hymns of joy and grateful chorus raise we with all within let us praise his holy name let's pray But Father, we are in awe of Christmas. So we don't respond to Christmas today with sentiment, with good thoughts and feelings. We don't think about how pretty the lights are and how the music makes us feel. Instead, we respond to Jesus. The focus, the centerpiece of Christmas. Because he's the centerpiece of history, he's the centerpiece of eternity, he's the centerpiece of our lives. So we hear the angels' voices. A Savior who is Christ the Lord has been born to you, to us. He came for us. So in humility, we respond with gratitude because of who Jesus is and because of what Jesus came to do. So for the next few moments, as we do every week, we take a little piece of bread and a cup of juice and with them we are reminded that that baby in a manger was the savior of the world who went to the cross and took the sin of all humanity onto himself to remove it. So that those who would place their trust in this Jesus, who would accept and welcome his saving work in their life, would have their sins washed away and would be granted for all of eternity the thrill of hope. Because for, for all eternity we will be with you. Thank you for Jesus. We remember him now. It's in his name that we pray. Amen.